0: Behind the Lens. I'm Debbie Elias, film critic, creator, and host of Behind the Lens, where we go. Behind the Lens and below the line with the movers, the shakers, the film and TV makers, the producers, the writers, the directors, the actors, the cinematographers, the film editors, the sound editors, sound mixers, composers, costume designers, production designers, book authors. Uh, you name it, we talk to them all. And very, very, here we are, October. We're almost down to the last, last quarter, financial quarter of the year as of the end of the week. And by the way, if you haven't gotten your taxes in yet, October 15th, drop dead. Ironic how your drop dead date for taxes is during Halloween month. Funny how that works. The IRS has a macabre sense of humor, obviously. Uh, But very excited about today's show. You've heard me talking about it for a while. She's already on the line. I'm going to bring her live in a minute. Writer-director Mai Hong is here. And we're going to talk about all things Cat Daddies. And that is releasing this week. It's releasing on Thursday. This is so exciting. I love this movie so much. It is perfectly exciting adorable it is the cat's meow every every cat idiom you can think of that's that is cat daddies. and then after my around the midpoint of the show i'm debating i know i did a tease john lee hancock my exclusive interview with john talking mr harrigan's phone or depending on what happens if the spirit moves me I may switch it up, and you may hear my interview with David Pogue, the director of Spirit Halloween, the movie. So we'll see what happens. But right now, I am so excited to bring this woman to Behind the Lens. I have loved her husband's work for years and years (laughs) and years since his very first film. I have been on the Dave Boyle bandwagon. Uh, (laughs) And now I get to be on the Mai Huang bandwagon. Hello, Mai. Welcome. Hey, Debbie. So good to talk to you. I know. We met once for a few minutes. I don't know. must have been seven years ago at um, BOA. On a red carpet. (laughs) No, actually, it was at BOA for the Spirit Award nominees luncheon. and That's you right. and Dave brought you along to the madness. Um mm-hmm. but now I get you and Dave has never done the show before. So you can hold this over Dave's head now. I sure will. That you get to do behind the lens. He hasn't gotten to do that. So
1: <laughs> I sure will. I, I told him we were speaking, I spoke to him
0: yesterday. He says he sends his best. Oh, uh, you know, and he knows, I am such a champion of his films. And, Aww. you know, good, bad, or indifferent, we've interviewed for every film he's done. And mm-hmm. I was there for the very first one, um, Big Dreams, Little Tokyo. And mm-hmm. that was so much fun. And Kim Dixon was was repping the film, the uh, publicist. And she went all out together with Dave and the producers, and had sumo wrestlers show up for the world premiere, the launch I of the film. I heard fil- about it. Oh, my yeah. God. My, it was hilarious. Um, I
1: wish I was there. I, wish, I think that was also before social media, so I don't think anybody yes. like recorded it.
0: <laughs> no, it was long before. I know Kim took still photos.
1: Oh, I would love to see that if you ever find them. I'll I've have, never seen this. yeah,
0: because I talk to Kim all the time, so, because we've been friends now, what, I think pushing 25, 30 years, um, so I'll ask her if she has any, but I know she was taking them because I was holding the, um, the wrap, the sumo wrestler's wrap and belt as he was giving an exhibition. <laughs> How that mm-hmm. ended up being my task, I'll never know. But it was, but to watch Debbie
1: since you since you've seen his first movie, yeah. you might think this is funny. Um, but you know, my husband is in that in his first movie. He also you know he acts in it. Yes, and the character that plays his love interest in that movie is her. Her character name is Mai.
0: <laughs>
1: I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't. It was, kind of funny because i didn't realize this until like after we were married and re the movie and i was i was just sort of like oh this is funny
0: that is funny wow that yeah. is funny
1: like, oh guess it was meant to be yes
0: absolutely but it has been such a joy to follow dave on his cinematic trajectory um mm-hmm. when he delivered man from reno man that was i uh, i uh, I was so ecstatic when Aww. he won an award, LA Film Festival. I championed that film so hard, and then got his Spirit Award nomination. Um, yeah, and now I can't wait to see what he's doing in Japan. Yeah, it, he's, he's doing a ninja show. Yeah, I hope we get to see it here in the states.
1: Yeah, you will. You will. It'll. Yeah, it's it'll it's coming out on Netflix. But you're gonna have to wait a while because it's Obviously,
0: be Obviously. Yeah. but that means you know he's got time to write something else and and start working on another feature too. So oh, he's
1: got, he's written a lot of things during especially during that pandemic. We were stuck together and and he got to write a lot of things. Okay, and I got to finish my movie.
0: So <laughs> but I love the way you just said that we were stuck together.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? yeah.
0: Everybody's like, you're okay.
1: Everybody's like, you're okay with him being gone for a year? I'm like, yeah, we've been stuck
0: together for two years. Yeah, you need, you now. need. But see, now you get to travel, and you have been mm-hmm. on a whirlwind with, and Dave has no film that compares with your documentary. I'm going to say it right now. And he can, he can cry when he hears this, but because he knows how much I love his films. However, mm-hmm. Cat Daddy's, it truly truly you got to go a long way to top cat daddies this yeah. is yeah. such it is as i said it is perfectly wonderful oh it is meowvelous it this Aww. is just one of the most heartwarming films and you know, you don't think uh you think of cats and everybody talks about the crazy cat lady and um, when I had five cats and everybody was like, oh my God, how do you do that? And it's, it's very easy. You know, cats really are like potato chips. You can't have just one. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's a saying that, that predates you, I think, before you were even born, my. But, <laughs> but this documentary, I fell in love with it the first time I saw it. I have seen it. I think three or four more times since, and uh, and every time, I just fall back in love. Um, this is, and I know how much you love cats. I know how much Dave loves cats. Uh, he kept trying to talk me into adopting two of them that you guys were fostering. Oh,
1: that's right.
0: Yes. Like, yeah. You know, all I we're did was always fostering. <laughs> 'Cause he's um, he's like, You lost yours. You need you need more.
1: Well, wouldn't you want a wouldn't you want a kitten raised hand raised by Dave Boyle? I think that's <laughs> pretty cool.
0: <laughs> you know, my problem is every animal I have had, I have from the time they're a baby, or at least, you know, like six weeks old or eight weeks old max, in the case of my dog, when I had a dog, but they all stay indoors and i have them 16 17 years yeah. so i have to be very pragmatic and say okay i'm 64 now if i get mm-hmm. any babies ba- any Aww. kittens i'll be in my 80s mm-hmm. <laughs> i have to i have to plan <laughs> yeah so who knows there could be I one get it. there could be some some cute little creature that just steals my heart the way my Yoda stole mine, um, and who knows? Who knows? Aww. All I know is you're always fostering. But the two that you have that you were fostering, you're never getting. Right now, you're never giving them back. I'm sure. No, you
1: know, no. See? I mean, D- Dave is saying Dave is still saying we can't have them. But I think <laughs> when he gets back, we'll, we'll we'll let him decide then.
0: Well, when's he coming <laughs> back? February. <laughs> oh no! Th- these two are so much a part of the family already. There's no way that they're going back. That, I,
1: yeah, I don't. I kid. I don't think they are. But I, I'm, I'm
0: still gonna wait and see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> let him let him say no, and then say yeah. ah, it's. There, there's no way. I think no. I think he's gonna just melt when he meets them. Yeah, he should know already. They're not going anywhere else. They're staying with you. But yeah, and this is one of the great things that we get to see in your documentary of cat daddies is we get to meet all of these guys. And in some cases, you know, girlfriends or or, or a wife. Um, but primarily it's guys, firehouse guys, a homeless, mm-hmm. the homeless man named David and his cat Lucky and. There are instances where, okay, they might just be a foster. It might be, okay, just temporarily until you can find a home. But these little faces and these little lives that give mm-hmm. unconditional love, um, they melt the coldest hearts of, of anybody. And, oh, for sure. And we re- you feel that watching cat daddies. You profile a great variety of guys Yeah. that just from all over the country. This is yeah. not the, <laughs> and you shot this during COVID. Uh, didn't, didn't plan that though. <laughs> but this is, this is what is so fascinating to me is that you traveled the country to meet these cat daddies, to meet these cats Uh, You were, granted, you've got Nathan, who's just in, who was in North Hollywood, uh, with his little apartment. And he's got adorable cats. You've got, um, Jeff is in Oakland. Um, Also, you were in Colorado. Uh, New York City is where we meet David and his cat, Lucky. You go to the fire department in South Carolina. You're in Arizona. You're in Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. you're in Atlanta, you're on Staten Island, you're in Dana Point. You go all over the, you went all over the place for this. Where, where, you know, this is more than just watching cute cat videos on social media. This is next level stuff, my uh, yeah, so you know, where well, I'm glad you I'm glad you
1: say so because it's hard to get people to realize that it's it's
0: a movie. Yeah, it's not just a cat video. No, and you have a running, you're honing in on eight cat daddies. Um, but what you also do is you show us, you have a through line. That as much love as these cats give to these men, they also help shape their lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of these men, all of
1: the, I tell people all of these men's lives have been changed by their cats. All of them.
0: It is just absolutely, um, it, It's a, it's amazing, especially when we get into, you know, Firehouse Cat Flame, is just he's beyond adorable but what you see is guys who are breaking down and with the cute and cuddly and baby talk and it's just, <laughs> there's so much humor here but yeah. but also you see the level of care and this is where real human kindness and where somebody's heart Really comes through. You see the true person when you see how they are with these helpless little little creatures, with mm-hmm. these little fur babies, and uh, you know, especially you know, wildfires. Going through wildfires, um, we get to live that with one of our cat daddies and oh, and mm-hmm. the cats. But I mean, it, how did you even? Number one, come up with the idea for this documentary, my because as I said, it's not just cute cat videos. There is a through line here of unconditional love on both parts, really. Yeah, and we know when
1: I started out, I I started out with a different vision. It was really supposed to be more kind of fun and comedic and um But then everything that happened that year and then also meeting David just kind of led us down a different direction and, you know, it became kind of a time capsule for for that time we were going through. But it also made sense for the movie because, you know, what we're talking about too is, is all the benefits that cats have for you know, men and women for, um, you know, mental health and and comfort, you know, during the hardest times of our lives. And -hmm. I think that I was just, you know, like any documentary, you know, they say the documentary is going to rewrite itself (laughs) most of the time. And that's exactly what happened because we were almost done filming when the pandemic happened. We were scheduled to stop shooting April 2020 Mm -hmm. and then and then when that happened there were cat dads we couldn't travel to there were cat dads that dropped out because they lost I I guess they just lost interest understandably with everything that was going on and you know we didn't know I mean at the time we thought well maybe this is going to be a few months and then things will be back to normal Um, we weren't sure whether to keep pushing through or wait it out I think like the, yeah, the movie rewrote itself, and it just became, because it became of this year that we as human beings are just having to kind of fend for ourselves
0: mm-hmm. and
1: help each other out. And it's not too unlike what these cats on the street are going through, too. I mean, they're just yeah. fending for themselves, right? And we're all looking for somewhere for help, and, and somehow the cats bring... Brought some people together, especially. I really wanted to, to hone in on David's friendship with the cop Chris. I just thought it was just just so special. Like he's not just some guy in the street. Like he has friends. He has people that love him, um, and he has his cat. And I just really wanted to show that beautiful relationship that they have, that stems from having a cat. Um, well, all these men's lives have changed in some way for the better because of their cat. And I think that a lot, of, it was unexpected for a lot of them. And, uh, I think that there's so many men who are out there who don't know that they could be a cat guy or that they could benefit from having a cat in their life.
0: Mm-hmm. You know oh, what I, mean? I completely, completely agree. Uh, My former significant other, who has since passed away, he always swore he was not a cat person. He was a dog person.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Until I got my tiny little baby cats. And he walked in my house one day. And this little black one, who had almost died. And, you know, and I had named him Clark after him. Well, he just Mm -hmm. took such a shine to that little cat. And it's like, don't ever say a bad word about this cat, you know. He <laughs> just fell in love, mm-hmm. and not just with the little with the little black cat named after him, but the other four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was hilarious, hilarious to watch him. He'd sit down. He had had surgery, and he'd sit down on the couch, and little and the little black one, Clark, would climb up. And he was like, no, not there. My incision is there. And he'd pick him up and he moved him and Mm -hmm. put him, like, go up my arm and shoulder. And lo and behold, that's what the cat did. That's what the kitten did and continued, continued to do for the rest of his life. Whenever they would see each Mm -hmm. other was, no, that was how he would, he would greet him. And he would n- climb up the left arm, nestle on the left shoulder, and go to sleep. And mm-hmm. you never would have thought this mm-hmm. about this guy, that he would just be so enamored with this little kitten uh, mm-hmm. who grew into a cat. So I know exactly what you mean when you talk about some of the surprising things that you saw. And you know something that you do, focusing on... David, um, our homeless man in New York, and his cat, Lucky. You know, you bring up it within the documentary something very key because there are so many people out, out in the world that say, you know, well, what is this? These people on the streets, they have animals. They can't take care of themselves. Why do they have mm-hmm. animals? They can't take care of that. But what mm-hmm. we really see through David Giovanni is that having Lucky to worry about makes him try harder. -hmm, Exactly, he pushes himself to get off the street, to you know take care of himself medically, to do what he needs to do, to be able Mm -hmm. to give Lucky a good home, as well as himself, and that was Mm -hmm. something that was totally unexpected. I did not expect to see that, my, and Mm -hmm. that is one of the greatest standout things in this documentary is to see the hope Mm -hmm. that these cat that these, you know, these little fur babies give to people. And, you know, there's no denying it. It's right Mm -hmm. there on the screen for everybody to see. We see that with Flame, the firehouse cat. That after the after the firemen come back from a, a particularly brutal, uh, you know, mm-hmm.
1: challenging
0: fire, um, they need something, and Flame mm-hmm. gives them that. Flame, it's you know, people talk about a firehouse dog. Well, we got a firehouse cat with Flame, mm-hmm. and serves mm-hmm. the exact same role. And I love how. You've captured that. Um, Robert Bennett was shooting for you on a lot of this, I mm-hmm. think if not all of it. And the imagery, he is a great yeah. aw- he has an incredible eye yes. for capturing the humanity within a moment. And yeah he, he's great. didn't didn't meet, need much direction for me. He just he just got it. I, just you know, outstanding. But you know, how... can you can you can
1: you just and can you believe that there are people out there trying to take these cats away
0: from firemen?
1: I uh, that and just they, they were people were even trying to take Lucky away from David.
0: Yeah, and that just it's, it, just... it's beyond sad especially when you see
1: the mm-hmm. mutual
0: benefit of the pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, of the shared lives. Um mm-hmm. That's, you know, this is these aren't people that have a hundred cats or dogs locked up in a room somewhere, mm-hmm. and they're being abused and mistreated. Um, there's none of that happening uh, with any of these cat daddies. Um, yeah. You know, and definitely not David, because he has a support system that is trying to help him and lucky at the same time. yeah um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you let us see all of that and experience that. And that's something that stands out for each of these cat daddies, um, mm-hmm. is that they let you into their lives mm-hmm. to show this vulnerability mm-hmm. that they each have. Were you surprised by that? No.
1: I, I, you know, I was able to kind of pre-audition them. A lot of them I found on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I could kind of, you know, and if they already are doing social media, then you kind of know that they are pretty open and vulnerable. But, you know, I, I'm i just so glad, and I'm, I'm so glad that they just felt comfortable enough to be themselves because I think that's really what I wanted to show. I wanted to show these guys, being proud of who they are and that they have nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. And you know, some of these guys get they do get poked fun at, you know, and it's it's too bad that our society doesn't value these kind of guys more. I'm not talking necessarily about just cat guys, I'm just talking about guys that are have a heart. Have a heart, exactly.
0: Yeah. That have a heart. I mean one That's
1: of square th- you know, and, and I don't I don't know why we don't, you know, why do we, you know, why do we try to condition men to be a certain way, and um, why can't they just be caring individuals? <laughs> you know, I don't get it.
0: Yeah, you know, one of one of the great things is David Durst, uh, your truck driver. Yeah. And I got to tell you, the film foot the footage that that you and Robert captured. On location in Sedona and Flagstaff. Oh, my God. Number one, it's stunning. But the footage of Tora, the trucker cat, is hilarious because you also see David has his girlfriend um, who travels with he and Tora in the Uh truck. But there's also suitcases of outfits for Tora. Yeah, she has a whole wardrobe. Yep. I, that was hilarious that mm-hmm. you see this, you know, this burly truck driver dressing up the cat at, in, you know, and lovely coordinated outfits, too. I, I have to say. Yeah. I, Debbie, t- I can't wait for you to see <laughs> what
1: Tor is wearing for the red carpet this weekend. Oh. <gasps>
0: Oh, it's Torah. Yeah. where's yeah, the we're re- coming to New York. I was gonna for say, oh yeah. my god. Well, tell me, tell me. You have to tell me. Are you gonna post pictures on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're
1: we're gonna actually live stream it on Instagram. Um, and she's coming in an evening gown and jewelry is what <laughs> I understand. <laughs> And we have reporters going to ask her, you know, who is she wearing and oh, that's, all that. So, yeah, we have a lot going on.
0: That is and, adorable. And they haven't
1: seen the movie. Oh. So this will be the first
0: time. And, of course, for your premiere, the theater is cat-friendly. So. No. No? no I
1: mean, no one should bring their cat, but, you know, because we have cats in the cast we are bringing them
0: well that's what um, i'm saying it is cat for friendly photos. for the cast yeah okay. i mean
1: it's cat friendly enough yeah yeah but i i get a lot of people asking me now it's like random people asking if they can bring their cat and i'm like no 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 no.
0: <laughs> well yeah now there are theaters we don't want a cat fight to break out you know <laughs> you know there are there are enough th- there are plenty of theaters now as i'm sure you know that allow dogs to come yeah to theaters yeah. and not service dogs, but dogs. I uh, think
1: they should. Why uh, yeah, not? Let's have. And you s- know, they, some of these theaters need those tickets, sales, so why not? If they're going to be a paying, you
0: know, yes, a
1: paying guest, why not? Yeah,
0: four paws <laughs> up on that one, my. Absolutely. Yeah. You know,
1: well, Debbie, you know what I wanted to do was I wanted to organize um, some like. Screening for people who are fostering like bottle babies,
0: oh. like little,
1: little fostering kittens. And then it could be called Meow, uh, meow Me and Me screening <laughs> event.
0: <laughs> well, I know two of my cats, my most beloved Yoda and his mm-hmm. sister Chewbacca. I got them. I started fostering them. Within a week. I watched them be born. They were feral cats. I watched them be born. And I started fostering them within a week. Um, because there was an outbreak. Of. Um, Rhinovirus. At the vet clinic. And that'll, that will kill mm-hmm. kittens. So. Mm-hmm. My vet at the time. She goes. Would you? I said of course. You know. I'll, I'll foster them. No worries. I already had three other cats. No big deal. Um. And when the time came, you know, six weeks later, to take them back, um, the uh, two of the other cats, including my black one, Clark, laid on top of the little cage and would not, the carrier, and would not let me take them back. So they ended up staying, mm-hmm. you know, becoming me. But, you know, those little bottle baby kittens are just the cutest things in the world. It mm-hmm. is so hilarious.
1: You have a kitty named chewbacca that's well
0: much. that's because when he was born and giving him a little bottle his ears would go f- well we got chewbacca because oh, uh-huh. it was messy and then yoda because his ears would go flat like yoda so cute, yeah so yes i i have i always named my animals very strange names but <laughs> I, th- I'm sure so I'm sure that Dave saw many many pictures of all of them uh, on my Facebook <laughs> feed over the years. But you know, once you narrowed down, you picked your eight cat daddies, and they're wonderful mm-hmm. furry children. Um, mm-hmm. And you had your footage. How did you go about? Because Dave did your editing. So how did you and Dave go about? Culling this down. Culling the cuteness mm. down. Culling the cuteness down, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, we edit together a
1: lot, and um, I, I I, was sort of. I was good at, like, building pieces and segments together, and then, yeah, he was just really good. He's just really good at, like, making everything work in a way that. Um, and, and also, like, tone is very important to him and, and mm-hmm. in his own filmmaking. Yeah. So he really helped me with balancing a really tricky balance of the tone because, you know, emotionally in the movie, you go from laughing to feeling a little sad to laughing to feeling a little sad. And it's, you know, it's a little bit of a roller coaster. But, you know, you also don't. It all, it all has to li- make sense, you know, like mm-hmm. you have, it's kind of, you kind of have to like make sure that this man that's living on the streets can be in the same movie with a man who's like this funny cat influencer, you know?
0: Yeah. Obviously, um, you're talking about how Nathan. How they live
1: <laughs> in the same movie? And that's the
0: tricky part. Well, and similarly, when we have somebody losing everything in wildfires um, yeah. or the trauma that firefighters go through. Um, you also address something so important here, and I'm so glad that in the editing process, this really does get a nice focus. Is the trap, neuter, and return, yeah. and the rehoming of cats, and this is really wonderful. Um, we see that with Ryan Robertson. He's a stuntman, and he's in Atlanta, and he's got the cute toodles Maine Coon. That was my Yoda and my Chewbacca, main Coons. Um, they're just fluffy delights. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the big things that Ryan and his girlfriend Megan focus on is, is TNR, trap, neuter, return, and rehoming. Um, and that is just so commendable and so wonderful. And it's something that a lot of people don't realize they can do if they live in an area with a feral cat issue. Uh, I know that was a, a big, big, big thing uh, 35, yeah, 40 years ago in the studios. If
1: there's, if there's any one takeaway from that, their story is that, you know, is that they they weren't just waiting for someone to solve the problem. They just took it about you know upon themselves and they, they took
0: care of it. Yeah, and they watched and YouTube videos to learn how to do it. Exactly. So... Um, as much as we can't
1: complain about social media, there is there is some benefit of it. And I think that, um, for the cat world and cat community, I think that social media has really, really helped educate people about this issue because, you know, they say in the movie they've been cat lover's, you know, or at least the girlfriend has been cat lover all her life. Yeah. But this this was new to her. And um that actually kinda of surprised me, but I guess I guess there are still a lot of people out there who don't who don't know about it or how to do it or mm-hmm. or how it works. So, yeah, kudos to them, and um, I'm so glad that that there's kind of this running theme of that is that you know no one's going to take care of us and we just kind of kind of fix these problems ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of rehoming, finding homes for these cats, something that you're very very wonderful at doing. Uh, oh, God. With all of the fostering. <laughs> if, I'm
1: not, if I'm not failing
0: at my fostering. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, another element that once you get this thing put together, um, you also have a really beautiful score happening here. You, you know, Micah Doll Anderson does your score, and it is a, it is charming. It is oh, charming. Thanks. You could have gone really fun and whimsical, or you could have gotten really serious and heavy and dramatic with it. So I'm curious what you were looking for working with Micah, uh, in terms yeah, of coming know, up with my score.
1: Micah's worked with my husband a lot. Yes. So I wanted to have my chance to work with him, and, <laughs> and he's pretty—he's pretty genius. And I—and I just wanted to make sure that we didn't go too far one way or another yeah um my main note to him was like i we needed to keep the dignity of the cat Mm -hmm. i I didn't want to get too cutesy you know
0: yeah you didn't want to go off felix the cat no no, yeah
1: Mm -mm. yeah
0: so you know what for you was the most challenging aspect of making cat daddies as a filmmaker, as a director, what was the most challenging aspect of making this documentary? Oh gosh. Well, I mean, I
1: could I mean the most obvious is like going through the pandemic and just and just trying to finish the movie and also just mentally trying to stay with it because during that time we I think all artists were kinda of questioning themselves like kind of like what am I doing? And and especially like when I'm trying to make a cat movie. I think it was especially hard time to try to make a cat documentary because because of all the seriousness and all the things that were going on and it's just a it was just kind of a disaster of a year, right? So and and you just kinda of question yourself and like kind of like it, is what I'm doing important at all? Does it have any value to society you know and um and then now my i i'd say even harder is what i'm going through now which is just releasing the movie and trying to get people to know about it and so thank you for giving us coverage and giving us a great quote and all these things because i have to tell you it's been impossible to get um anyone to take it seriously and just the press especially will is just kind of turning their noses up at it i don't know why but (laughs) obviously (laughs) getting attention on the movie and trying to legitimize it has just been i think the hardest thing um and unexpected i think
0: well i i hate to say it but so many of the press that i personally know Mm-hmm. They don't have a kind bone in their body. So That's maybe
1: it. That may be it.
0: So that, you know, and it's not a highbrow star studded, ooh, I'm gonna get a selfie with George Clooney kind of movie. Yeah. And Dave Dave knows this well. Um, yeah. Dave's heard my soapbox speech about that before. Mm-hmm. And about many, many members of the press and how they overlook films like Cat Daddies. And a lot of a lot of press, they are not in tune to documentaries either. You know that's another big mm-hmm. big thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and that I'm curious for you as a filmmaker because this is your first documentary feature. Was there a big difference for you? Uh, because I know you had done shorts, um, and you'd been doing narratives. Was there a big difference for you as a filmmaker to do a documentary versus a narrative?
1: Oh, huge! And I also discovered, I discovered things about myself. And I now I wonder why didn't I ever do this before? Because it suits me way much better. Um, I don't have to deal with the egos that you do in the narrative <laughs> world. And, and I just love working with um, subjects, just real like down to earth people. And I I just I love it. And and my crew is so small that I can just kind of pick them and they have helped me so much better and um, i am not going back <laughs> I'm not going back to narrative so
0: well we definitely need more documentary filmmakers and we need documentary filmmakers who have an eye attached to their to their heart and that's mm-hmm. what you have my oh, um, you know you can't make a film like cat Daddy's without having a heart and yep, for hum- sure. and humanity mm-hmm. within your soul and that really, mm-hmm. that really comes through. It comes through with the cat daddies that you picked, you know, with these wonderful cats um, mm-hmm. that are showcased. And you know, that's something that while this is about the cat daddies, you you very easily could have shifted this to be all about the cats and daddies are in the background. Mm-hmm. But you really found a great balance here of showcasing the men, and also showcasing the individuality and the traits of each of the cats. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really something wonderful to see Mm -hmm. And and to see you strike that balance. So that not only do we get to meet these men, but we get to meet the personalities of each of these cats too.
1: And I'm a cat lover, and it's think important. Yeah, but I wanted to really, really showcase them both. And, and you know, like my main complaint about a lot of, like, kind of like other cat content that's out there is that you don't get to see enough of the cats,
0: mm-hmm. you know? hmm um,
1: So definitely having a good balance was key to me.
0: You know, I'm curious. How much footage did you have that ended up on the cutting room floor? Was this a case of kill your darlings? When da- No.
1: Surprisingly, really? there's not that much. There's some things that I
0: didn't get to keep,
1: but um, overall, and, you know, Dave's a pretty ruthless editor. I know. And I definitely had to put things back in that were really <laughs> important to me. <laughs> But overall, no. I would say there's things that we wanted wanted to shoot and never got to shoot at all mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. Um, so there were things we wanted to do that could, we couldn't. So I missed those things that were never even shot. But as far as what was shot, no, not not too much. Not not too much. Um, I think I think I crammed in as much of the good footage. <laughs> As I, as I could. Well,
0: it doesn't feel maybe like that's
1: bad on my part, but
0: you it, know. I, my, it doesn't feel like you crammed anything in. Okay. good. <laughs> I personally, I would have liked to have seen more. Yeah. I sincerely mean that I would have liked to have seen more. Well, uh, I keep getting asked about a sequel, so. Well, Actually, I said, we'll see. So now that, now that you're going to have the big premiere in New York this week on the 14th, mm-hmm. um, where do you have uh, theaters throughout the country where this is going to be, to be opening thereafter? What's this release yeah, schedule? Yeah, so the week
1: after that, it's going to be in LA, Milwaukee, Dallas, and then the week after that, San Francisco, uh, San Diego, and um, we also just added Cincinnati and portland um and we we expect to get more cities but it seems like everybody's waiting to see how it does in new york so it really comes down to this this coming up weekend and like i said it's really hard to get people to take this film seriously so they they will just look at the numbers so and and that's it that'll determine the the rest of the run
0: (laughs) So where in New York is the premiere this weekend? Where can people Uh, go see it?
1: The Village East by Angelica on 2nd Avenue. And I'll be there doing Q&As all weekend. With each screening? Not each
0: screening, but
1: spread (laughs) out, but I'm actually handing out giveaways, um, probably before almost every screening.
0: Um, yeah, you and your giveaways, people, I have to tell you, if you get a chance to go, be it opening weekend in New York, be it thereafter, whenever Maya is going to be somewhere with her cat giveaways, you want to go, because I've seen the pictures of her cat giveaways that she keeps posting on social media, um... You give away great giveaways.
1: Yeah, and I also have a sponsor involved um, this time around. And so we're doing even more because we just like to have fun. (laughs) And I I hope fun people come out. We just want fun people.
0: Okay, it's a movie with cats and cat daddies. Only Mm -hmm. fun people are going to come see that movie. Grouchy people are not going to come. Yeah. Of course, they probably should.
1: but, yeah, bring your mom, bring the family. It's it's that kind of movie, you know, and, and, and it's so much fun to see it with the guys and to talk to them
0: after. Well, and how many of the cat daddies are going to be in New York this weekend? Uh, six out of nine. Oh, my gosh. Yeah,
1: so nine being the cop. If, you know, he's kind of like the accidental cat daddy. He wasn't right. He not planned. <laughs> so if you count him as nine, it's nine. So we got six of them coming, and um, the firefighters are coming to see it for the first time.
0: Oh, wow. And I'm sure, Na- is, is Nathan coming from North Hollywood? Nathan
1: will be at, in L.A.
0: Okay, so he'll, he won't be in New York, he'll but he'll be. in L.A.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And now what about, okay, what's, I have to ask you, because anybody that watches this film, they're going to fall in love with the story of David and Lucky.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what, do you have any updates on their story? Yeah, I mean, David, David's coming to the screenings this weekend.
1: Um, not much has changed in the situation, so it's really frustrating. But I'm happy to say that because of the movie, we've been able to raise tens of thousands of dollars for his medical care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that seems to be his biggest challenge because he is, he is in the shelter, okay his biggest challenge is getting um medical medical care and he just can't seem to get insurance and he's undocumented and and it's just a really it's it's just a terrible tragedy that um that he can't get more help Mm. and so we're just yeah he's just hanging in there they actually the doctors don't know why he's still with us i mean it's i mean Things looked really, really bad last year, and, and yet he still pulls through. And, and he credits Lucky, and I and I believe it. I, I think was, it's, I think
0: it's that cat. I was gonna say, I am sure it's because of Lucky, as I mm-hmm. said earlier uh, while we were chatting. I mean, this is he pushes himself because of mm-hmm. Lucky, and you know, you see anybody who has dogs, cats. It's amazing what you will do it is like having children and you will push mm-hmm. yourself and just when you think you are at the bottom and that your whole world has come crashing in mm-hmm. you see those little faces and immediately you wi- you will yourself to go on mm-hmm. and that you know we see that in David but I'm so happy to hear. That he's still with us, he's still with Lucky um, because his health is so precarious. Um, but that's wonderful, my yeah. See the good already, you yeah. see the good that this documentary is doing. Yeah, I mean, Debbie,
1: the, the he's an amazing man. I can't wait for people to meet him in person. We actually have um, fans and friends, and my family is flying in to, to meet him at the premiere because. He's so inspiring. He says that, you know, so we all see and we all know, like, his situation, it, it, it couldn't be worse. And yet he tells us that he's one of the lucky ones, you mm-hmm. know. And it's because of that unconditional love that he has that he already has more than many other people. And and he's able to see that and articulate that. It's, it's incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. So when will the traveling promoting cat daddy's end for you so you can work on your next film
1: i don't know (laughs) um but i'm already thinking about it and i'm trying to find something to do in japan since i need more reason to go there and not just because my husband's there just kidding no you know
0: look you'll see dave when he is there
1: (laughs) Since he is there, I should probably find something to do there as well. So I spend more time there and spend time with him. That's what I'm looking for.
0: Obviously in a documentary format, since you have now discovered how much you love making documentaries.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't like promoting and self-releasing them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's something that amazes me, Is You're self-releasing this film. Yeah, nobody wanted, no one wanted to bring it in the theater.
1: And that was kind of like the only reason I made the movie to see it, to have people see it in the theater. So I'm just having to do all this myself. Again, all selfishly motivated. But hey, it's worth it when you see the reaction. Yeah. And then, like, it's such a different experience with other people. I have to tell you, like, it's just so much fun. I mean, we shot this in 4K CinemaScope. Uh, mixed in 5.1 Dolby. I mean, wow. you have to see it that way. It's just uh, it's just so much more fun.
0: Well, now where is it going to play next week in L.A.? Uh,
1: Lemley Glendale.
0: Oh, you had to pick yeah. Glendale.
1: And we're having a party, so I'll invite you to that as well. I hate driving. You don't driving. have to come see it again. You've seen it too many times. Well, no, I'd like to see it on the big screen.
0: I'd like to see it on the big screen, but Glendale, oh, you, ha- you had to pick Glendale. I hate driving to Glendale. Um, well, every-
1: we didn't have much choice in the matter. But if it does well, they may they may open it at more locations. Right.
0: We'll see. see, and this is something. You were the first filmmaker that I have had on, on the show in almost nine years now who has done a self-distribution like this to the theaters so this is really interesting to me my you know what kind of hurdles what steps have you had to take in order to self-distribute to theaters how do you even approach that
1: well I have a team I'm not all alone Um... I was lucky enough to be introduced to a theatrical booker that, I don't know how to put it in the best way, but wasn't trying to rob me.
0: (laughs) You're putting it honestly, so. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, so I found a wonderful booker, um, and he was not a cat person at all. He did not like cats, Debbie. Oh, my God. He saw the movie. And he said, I enjoyed this so much. <laughs> a convert. And, and, and so he got behind the movie. He's, he's a dog guy. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the fact that he believed in it said something. And, um, and I have a publicist as well. And, and so there's a team of people, and they're helping me. But, yeah, um, I, it only happened because I got a sponsor on board.
0: Oh, um, wow.
1: Because uh, it's, you know, as you know, quite, quite expensive and, and to do this. and uh, But, you know, the uh, it was a cat brand. And then Meowtel and the um, CEO had seen the film at a film festival and reached out to me and asked how she could help the movie and help me. So it was a miracle, really.
0: Wow. And,
1: uh, and so... Yeah, there is a series of events that led to this now, and then you know. So this is help funding all the P&A and, and marketing
0: expenses and all
1: these very expensive things that we, had, oh, and giveaways, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all don't these fun d-
1: things that we want to do.
0: Don't forget the everybody likes swag. Yeah. So, and my engineer yeah. Pam is sitting in the booth, and she's nodding her head up and down when I said everybody likes swag, and yeah, she's got a smile on her face and she's nodding up and down. Yes,
1: especially so. cat, especially cat people,
0: cat people, you know, so. pet people in general, because mm-hmm. pet products are so expensive. Mm hmm. Um, you know that's something. It'd be nice if you could get you know one of these veterinary pet insurance companies as a sponsor.
1: Oh, and that'd be nice. Mm -hmm.
0: Because this, you know, this is the veterinary pet industry is massive, and more and more insurance pet Mm -hmm. insurance companies are popping up. But Mm -hmm. from food to toys to outfits um, if you're so inclined mm-hmm. uh, you know nothing it to you know veterinary care it's not cheap it does cost as much as having a child yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, you know it you know I would love to see one of these you know pet insurance companies that's popping up or even some. I
1: hadn't thought of that. That's a great idea.
0: I'd be hitting them up for yeah. potential sponsorship uh, because it would open up. Because a lot of people, they don't really even understand how pet insurance works.
1: And I have to say, Debbie, my cat's pet insurance is better than my own. <laughs> <laughs> it's way more simple and less complicated. And I'm so jealous of my cat's. Health
0: insurance. Everyone I know that has pet insurance, and I don't care if you've got VPI or you've got you know, which was one of the very first ones many years ago when it came out, um, or any of these others, but everyone I know that has pet insurance, they they all say the same thing, my. It's so much easier yeah. to navigate. It's like, okay, if your vet doesn't accept that plan, then you just submit a claim. Send the bill with a claim form, boom, you're done. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's not like people insurance. You know. Yeah. We mm-hmm. should all just change our gender to, you know, to genus and species. Cat, dog, um yeah. you know, and get insured that way. Yeah. But yeah. oh my god. Well I am so happy you made cat daddies. Thank you. I can't tell you, and everybody out there when, now are there any plans for digital? Or VOD releasing?
1: Yes, next year. I, I don't know the exact date yet, but we'll be on VOD by sometime next year, early next year, I believe. Now,
0: where can people go? What's the website? I know I have it at home. I forgot to write it down and bring it oh, with me to the studio. Oh,
1: it's super easy. It's catdaddysmovie.com. Oh,
0: well, and you'll have all of the released theatrical release dates on the site?
1: Yeah, we're always adding. Adding. So if you don't see it, don't worry. Or you can also sign up for the uh, email, the email I mailer, email newsletter, and then you know I update every once in a while um, where we're gonna be at. So yeah, there's all kinds of ways, but we're trying to get everywhere we can. I would I would tell people you know tell your art house independent movie theater tell them about it because they don't want to hear from me. No, they want to hear but from if, but
0: moviegoers. If
1: someone if you say something, they'll listen. But. They won't listen
0: to the (laughs) filmmakers. No, no. They want to hear from... You all have to ask for it. (laughs) Well, I I hope that the new art will actually show it at some point here in L.A. Yeah, it
1: would be amazing.
0: That, I think, would be a wonderful fit to have it at the new art, Um, Mm -hmm. especially after it's all remodeled and and all of that fun stuff and Beyond Fest is is now ending. So I think Mm -hmm. that would be a wonderful venue uh, in the Mm -hmm. L.A. area to have it there. But yes, mm-hmm. everybody. I can't. Uh, Cat Daddies, it is one of my. It's a well done documentary, but it is truly one of my personal favorites of the entire year, narrative or documentary. Because who doesn't love seeing adorable cats and mm-hmm. seeing them in their own habitat, seeing them engaging with their pet parent. Uh, with their cat daddy and a cat girlfriend uh, on occasion. But it is just, it's a wonderful documentary. It opens your eyes to a lot of things. You can learn about trap, neuter, and and return, rehoming. Just so much information is actually in here. You don't realize how much information uh, Mai is giving us through this documentary. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it just, it touches the heart. It's a lot to chew on. Yeah. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's better than catnip. Let's put it that way. It's better than catnip. My, this has been so wonderful to have you on the show. You got a whole hour. Dave never got a whole hour of anything. Oh, thank you. I'll let him know. (laughs) You have to come back on the show again? Yeah. And you definitely have to get him back on the show again. Well he's never been or on for the, the show. First time, yes. Yeah. So when he comes he's ba- got a lot to tell you. So when he comes back from Japan, maybe get both of you on because I'm sure that uh, maybe not with this series he's shooting in Japan, but on his next projects, you always you come in as producer. So Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Get fingers you, crossed. Fingers crossed for the next project. Well have oh. a wonderful, wonderful premiere in New York this weekend. Thank you. And You're going
1: to
0: love the pictures. Uh, I can't wait I can't to see I can't wait for the, you to see. I can't wait to see the cats in their outfits. That's what I can't mm-hmm. wait for. My, thank you, thank you so much. And everybody go to CatDaddy'sMovie.com and find out where you can see this fabulous documentary. My, so much. thank you. And we'll chat soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Have a good
1: one. You Bye-bye. too.
0: And that was my Huang. Yes, we spent a whole hour talking about cats and cat daddies. Um, so you're gonna have to listen to my interview with John Lee Hancock on behindthelensonline.net or on our YouTube channel, Behind the Lens Online. Yes, our YouTube channel is Behind the Lens Online. Um, next week we got another live guest. Next week and next week we're also going to. You'll hear my exclusive interview with David Pogue talking about Spirit Halloween, the movie, a family-friendly Halloween film that is not Disney. So, until next week, I'm Debbie Elias. This is Behind the Lens.